0: Radio. That's audibletrial.com slash LifeCoachRadio. And now, here's today's show. Welcome, everybody. Hello, Leapers, Leap Addicts, people who've been with me for a while. Uh, This is Leap, uh, the show that focuses on people taking a leap, people who are thinking of taking a leap, people who are afraid of taking a leap, Uh, I am a life coach and mindset and project coach in the Chicago area, and I work with people who have long-term projects who really wish uh, to move forward on these projects but are fighting a fear. So uh, the analogy I always use is people standing on the edge of a cliff looking at a leap that they want to make and that they're afraid to make, and because of that, uh, I'm the one to push them off the cliff. I sit down with them um today's show is a very it's a very special show and i don't want to categorize it too narrowly because i'm afraid i'll alienate some people the, t- the title of it is leaps begin at 60 and this is just a matter of talking to people who are um of a more mature generation who may be interested in where they go next whether it's because of retirement are because of shifts in their living situation, their physical uh, abilities, uh, all of these things. And we're going to talk about some of the uh, assumptions that can actually stop people in their tracks from going forward. And we're going to talk about how to deal with those. But the point is, this show is not only about people who are 60 and over. The... Theories and the strategies that I'm going to put forth today are for anyone who may be at a blockage point, who may have lost a job, who may be in a transition of any sort, any type, uh, and feeling the need to reassess. And that's the key with this. So what we're talking about with today's program, is looking back at your past, assessing what you have to offer, looking at what's blocking you and moving forward. And that can apply to anybody. It's just the reason I brought this show up is I am of a mature age. Uh, I have by no means decided to uh, slow down or change. In fact, I'm cranking up some brand-new projects every day. Uh, I just started working uh, in Indiana at the medical school there. I just started a new project with Dominican University, putting together a program of standardized patients for their brand-new physician assistance program, just got a new agent, which means more work in broadcast. So all of these things have happened with me taking no thought or consideration for age. The other thing that's prompted this program is over the last two weeks, I've run across two or three people who, because of age specifically, have decided to sort of settle in and accept stagnancy. And these are very dynamic people who have had uh, dynamic careers, Uh, have functioned as entrepreneurs, have functioned as independent, uh, uh, published their own books, but have felt either burned out, bored, or just defeated by the fact that age is becoming an issue. So that's what we'll talk about today. This show will be going on for one more month because of all of the projects that have come into my uh, my, uh, little portfolio over the last few weeks. I will be ending this show at the end of November. The next two weeks, hopefully, will be interviews. Next week, I'm hoping to have Brian Slyon, who has a a very vital and working audiovisual production company. He does all of my work for me. Uh, I am not his coach, but it's always interesting to hear people's stories. This is an interactive program. Uh, If you have a story of your success or your leap or you need online guidance, have any questions or challenges, the number to call in is 646-716-9397. Make sure you hit the number one when you call in. Uh, Otherwise, you sit in this vague space that socks and pencils and things disappear into, and I'll never get to talk to you. If you're listening to this program after the fact... After the show airs, then you can still listen to this in archives. And I encourage you, if you have any questions, to uh, send me an email, errol.mcLinden. The spelling is at the top of all the programs errol.mcLinden at gmail.com. And I do welcome uh, anyone who wants to talk either on air or off air. I offer two hours of free coaching to anybody. Uh, I will not try and sell you anything. I am honestly going to give two hours of free coaching to anyone. Who feels that they need any help in moving forward uh, on their leaps or in a current leap? So let's get started. What does anyone who is sixty or older have to offer? There is a trend in this U.S. in the U.S. that says at a certain age people become useless. And that's sad because in other countries, age and experience are honored. The image of the crone, the female wise leader, is something that's prevalent throughout European countries. It shows up in Asian countries. Uh, Definitely in the Asian uh, portion of the world, the grandfather, the sage, the person who has reached a ripe old age is honored and looked to. Uh, in the Jewish community, the elders, the, the, the wise people of the church are the people who have reached a certain age. So ageism in the U.S. has taken a totally opposite approach than anywhere else in the world. The prevalence, I I, blame, I work a lot with caregivers, and I think the prevalence of nursing homes Uh, The the ability and the ease with which we can shuffle elder people into a community where they are taken care of as opposed to looked to for for wisdom and guidance uh, has done a tremendous amount. Nursing homes evolved into something that they were never intended to be, and that's just a care facility. So I won't get on my soapbox about that, but as a person of advanced age, 55, 60, at whatever point in time, even 30, you have accumulated a certain amount of expertise in at least one area. And if you're like me, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're working 20 different jobs, if you're an artist who's doing a day job, your day job offers experience, your work with people in terms of Doing your art offers experience. The challenges that you overcome, especially as an artist, being a, quote, starving artist, unquote, is something that gives you life experiences and work experiences that are very valuable to people who are younger than you. The other thing you have to offer as being a 60-plus or someone of advanced years is wisdom. Wisdom. It's one thing to get experience. It's another thing to make decisions in the future based on mistakes in the past. And the more past you have, the more times you have made an, uh, an, an error that has taught you something. And you never go back to that. You always avoid it. You learn to trust an inner voice. You learn to do more analysis before moving forward. Or on the opposite side, you move, learn to not be uh, paralyzed, paralysis by analysis. You learn not to sit still too long. You learn to make a decision, commit to it, move forward. You live with tunities that you've missed because you didn't move quickly enough, because you were bogged down in fear. So as an, as an elder, which is a term I want to use here today, as an elder – you have earned that sense or learned that sense, I should say, of when to move forward, when it is time to strike, when it is time, when an opportunity is knocking and it's important for you to move or miss that opportunity. So I call that wisdom. I call that ex- expertise is the practical side, what you've learned. Taking that expertise, putting your life and learning from your past mistakes and let me just note here, I don't believe anyone makes mistakes in the past. I believe you make decisions that were the best for you at that point in time, and it may not have turned out. But you didn't set up to make a mistake. You didn't get up that morning and say, hey, I'm going to make a mistake today. You got that morning saying, I'm going to survive. I'm going to thrive. I'm going to make some wonderful things happen today. And when they didn't happen, we tend to look back and say, oh my goodness, I made a mistake. You really didn't. You, my, my teaching through IPEC, through my coaching community, is there are no such things as mistakes, but you learn from things that didn't work out the way you thought they should, and because of that, when you encounter a, a similar situation in the future, you tend to be more attuned to what the correct path would be or how to handle it to minimize any damage or any, any hurt. And finally, the, the last thing that you actually gain in being um, a little more mature, an elder as it were, is natural transitions. You are not so crippled or stymied by transitions, and you're not as afraid of transitions. Usually, by the age of 60 or 55, you've gone through numerous transitions. You've gone to college, you've gotten married, you may have had a divorce, you may have had another marriage, you may have had another divorce, you may have changed jobs two or three times. Now, I know there are some of you out there who may have gotten out of college, gotten a job with a company, and have been with that company the rest of your life. But even in that situation, there were moments where you were promoted, where you were asked to take on a different project where new technology or new types of techniques or strategies came into the company, and you had to learn those and either stay up to speed on them or change jobs. So even in that situation, the more transitions we go through in life, the less they scare us, and the more we are able to ride over those changes. Human beings, human beings hate Change. We resist it. We fight it. We do everything we can to avoid change. We will leave a job and go into the unknown if the job equals change to us: new management, new rules, uh, changing a a, um, a uh, city where you're working but the more of these transitions we go through we tend to be more in tune with riding over those changes knowing there's going to be upheaval knowing there's going to be some disruption but knowing that day to day we are just going to ride on top of that wave and let instead of letting us, letting it devour us so when you reach this level of maturity whether it's 30 40 50 60 70 80 You have three things in your favor. You have expertise because you've seen a lot and done a lot. You have wisdom because you've experienced a lot of shifts and changes that didn't necessarily work out. And that's given you the wisdom. It's given you how to take the expertise and apply it to your life. And as a mentor or a teacher or guide, how to help other people get over those transitions. And third, the transition itself. You've been through enough transitions to be able to plot a course over them. If you're just out of college and your first transition is out of college trying to get a job, it's a whole new world. Not only the getting the job, but the transition itself. Getting an apartment, uh, getting roommates, finding a space close to where you're going to live, applying for jobs, getting a space close to where you're going to work, applying for jobs. All of this is new. After you've done that three or four times you get a strategy, you get a rubric, you get a matrix, you get a plan for how you deal with a transition, even if it's totally different than a previous transition. Taking that information, if you are sitting there and thinking, I am at this advanced age and I have nothing to offer, I I ask you to... Spend some time looking at all of the various talents that you've accumulated. I talk to clients every week, and I have six, seven clients that I work with, and I'm contracted with them through the year. More than once, I've had some of my clients say to me, I am finally doing something that is using all of the experience, varied experiences – that I've had all of my life, it has finally come together and given me a clear picture of, oh my goodness, I did this when I was 18. I did this at 35. I did this last year. And you know, these three things never made any sort of connection for me, but now they do. Suddenly, I'm doing something that is utilizing those experiences and talents that may go back for your entire life. In fact, some of my clients are picking up a dream that they had when they were 18. They are going back that far to say, I can do this now. This thing that I was afraid of, I can do this now because I have 30 years of experience that let me know how to do this now. So once you've identified and agreed to the fact within yourself that you have something valuable to give, then I ask you to do what is called a three-hour assessment. Set aside three hours of your day. Set it aside so you're not rushing to something else or from something else. Put on the music you like. Get a journal or a piece of paper. This is nothing formal. And the one question to sit and ask yourself as you sit there for three hours, enjoying the music, enjoying everything that's going on around the atmosphere, if you do essential oils or incense, do that, just make it a a peaceful space. Here's the key. You've got something to write on. You've got your favorite pen or pencil. There's no obligation to write anything. There is an obligation to commit three hours To the thought process. And the question you ask is Could I do now? What could I do now? Now, this is extremely valuable if you have retired or been downsized, lost work in some shape or form. That's a natural question that comes to mind without even having to do a prompt. What am I going to do now? But often we ask it that way. What am I going to do now? Desperation, fear, instead of opportunity. The next page in your life is blank. You can do anything you want. The immediate response is I can do something very similar to what I was just doing. Not always the best answer. Not always the best answer. Because that is a parallel move, and that's a move, a sideways move, rather than a progress. With your page blank, you can design whatever you would like. So you're going to think about your experience, your wisdom, how you've handled transitions before, and spend three hours going through the wildest, most insane imaginations of what could you do now? Could you write a Broadway show? Could you write a book? Could you do a one-man show? Could you start a business? Could you go into business with a doctor and do whatever it is you do to enhance a medical practice? Let your mind go wild. And having those three hours, but without having the obligation to write for three hours, gives you plenty of time to brainstorm. But every idea you come up with, here's the rule, the hard and fast rule, every idea you come up with must be written down. I don't care how crazy it is, how off the wall, build a spaceship and fly to Mars, write it down. Write it down. At the end of three hours, what you will come up with is a three-hour assessment of possibilities based on what you know your experience and wisdom Are knowing what you are capable of doing. And if you believe you can build a spaceship and go to Mars, and you have the experience and the wisdom to do it and the the technical knowledge, by all means, do it. No one can tell you anything you put down on that paper is not possible. There's only one person who can tell you it's not possible. That's you. And I strongly recommend you only say that to yourself. If you are a 1,000% certain, it's not possible. If there is the smallest possibility that that can be created, created, The people I work with are working on things that are incredible projects that it would have been very easy for them to look at a year ago or six months ago when I started working with them and saying, oh, I, I'd love to do that, but it's not possible. I'd love to write a one-person show about my grandfather. I would love to open this business of crafts. I would love to write this film. I would love to open a, a lavender farm. I would lo- All of these things very easily at the very beginning could have been looked at and said, yeah, I'd love to do that, but it's just not possible. The difference is these people said, yeah, I'd love to do that, so let's do it. Let's see how far this goes. And that's one of the main Premises of successful leaping. I often say, "Leap and grow your wings on the way down." You're not going to see how everything fits together at the very beginning while you're standing on the edge of the cliff. There has to be trust, faith, and belief in yourself to take that step off, and then see how everything goes together. So it's good, very natural to sit there with your list of paper, list, piece of paper, your list, and look down and say, "I'd like to do that, but I can't. I like and do that, but I can't. I like to do that, but I can't." I like to do that, but I can't. You could do that all day. What I'm looking for is visionary people who look at their paper and say, I'd like to do that. How do I do that? People who look at that paper and rather than saying, what if this doesn't work, say, what if this does work? And that's where a true leaper comes in. uh, Take a moment to remind you that this is a call-in program. It is a call-in program. The number is 646-716-9397. And this does uh, also is a hit one when you call in to get into the program. If you have any questions, comments, challenges, uh, you can also reach me if this is being listened to on archive at errol.machlinden at gmail.com. I welcome any uh, questions, comments. If you'd like to come on the program and have some on-air coaching or talking about some business or idea that is successful for you, Uh, then that's wonderful too. Hopefully in two weeks, Brian Sly will be on. He has done all on his own with no help from me, developed an audio visual uh, production house. Um, And he's working all the time on that. So, but his story, even though I have nothing to do with it, is the story of at some point taking a leap and moving forward uh, without fear and continuing to this day to move forward and produce quality video, audio, uh, productions for companies, for himself, for individuals. So, when we look at our list that we've made, or consider a leap, with age come three very specific challenges. The first challenge is a physical one, mobility, physical capabilities, what can you realistically still do. Now, there are a lot of 60-year-olds that can do everything. Uh, I'm not trying to paint a specific uh, picture of a typical 60-year-old. So, I don't believe there are typical 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds. Uh, I talked to a, a gentleman at a bar who I would have thought was in his 40s or 50s, funny man, uh, working behind the bar from Milwaukee, who was amazing, who stated very own, I'm 70 years old, never would have believed it. Active, fun, having a great time. Um, So in that respect, there is no stereotypical type of 60, 50, 70-year-olds. I know people who are old at 40 so and are settled into being pretty stagnant for the rest of their lives. So the information I'm giving, plug it in wherever you will. If you're 80, by all means, and very mobile and and have all your physical capabilities, this challenge doesn't apply to you at all. It could very well apply to someone who is in their 30s who, because of some sort of trauma or accident, has limited mobility or limited physical uh, uh, abilities. So here's the deal. Age challenge, or let's just call it challenge number one, is mobility and physical capabilities. In today's world, with the Internet, with Skype, with uh, uh, Etsy, with all the home publishing houses, there are still a tremendous group of possibilities for doing income-producing work while sitting in a chair in front of a computer with a phone and with a computer. Self-publishing has become huge. I think it's Mill Press does a wonderful job of taking your story and helping you uh, promote it and produce it, but there's so many self-publishing houses out there, it's becoming the norm. Music uh, through YouTube through, uh, your own websites and things like that. If you're a musician, there's a wonderful opportunity for that. And that means not leaving your home. You can do everything in a production studio, blogging, Etsy. If you are a craft person, you don't have to get out to craft fairs anymore. I just, uh, have used Etsy extensively. And one of my clients is using it, uh, for her products, her, uh, Mem Studio M I M M check it out. Wonderful uh coasters, wine charms, wall art done on stonework, done on, done on uh pieces of tile, but it's usually a lot of uh, retro stuff uh going way back, retro uh coffee house stuff, retro salons. All of it done from her home. Of course, she has to make these things. So that's something to be considered. But if you have limited mobility, Skyping and through all the various like blog talk radio, there are various ways to get your message out and still be active and publishing books. So challenge number one is a challenge that is real. I'm not saying that every talent and every desired Project can be done with limited mobility. But buying and selling, uh, trading collections, all of that have communities where people buy, sell, and trade items. Uh, you don't have to go through Comic Con and things like that. There are some wonderful uh, collections, collecting uh, sites that let you do all that there uh, without leaving the comfort of your home sitting straight in front of your computer. Challenge number two. Ageism, um, which is the feeling that either something that you generate within yourself, that you're too old to be doing it, no one's going to hire someone my age, or that it's time to accept the fact that all the young kids are going to get the jobs. How do you know if that's a true fact? Are you willing to just accept that? It's, a, it's a, definitely, a in my training with IPEC coaching, it was definitely a huge item that we spent a lot of time on uh, assessing and coming up with ways to overcome that. It's called a limiting belief. I'm not old enough. I'm too old. I'm not pretty enough. I'm too pretty. I'm, uh, I'm not educated enough. We do this all the time, and the thing that it makes us do is not move forward. We limit ourselves, and then we won't go apply for something. I get asked so many times, should I go do this? Should I go do that? My question is always yes. Let the director, let the employer let the publisher say no to you. If you uh, decide that you're too old, you're not educated enough, whatever, that you're going to not even apply, then you've already lost the job or lost the the role or lost a chance to publish. It takes very little in time to make it, fill out an application or to move forward on any of these things. Even the most... Complex applications may take an hour. So why not do that? And actually, once you've filled out one, you can probably fill out a dozen more very quickly because you can find a way of cutting and pasting stuff. Put it in a Word document or put it in a notes area and just cut and paste as you see fit. But what you have to offer, and I've seen this work in a very young client of mine is experience and knowledge that comes from a life of doing various work. And people say, well, I don't have anything to put on a resume under that that category under, of, of applying for this type of job. I bet I could sit down with you for an hour or two and come up with a full resume of skills that would apply to whatever it is you want to pursue. If it's, if it's working for someone else, if someone else has to accept you or approve of you. The story that I tell, and it's going on right now, is I have a client who had a lot of nanny experience but wanted to work in the formal school situation. And the first image was, I don't have a certification. Her first uh, impression was, I don't have a certification, so no need in going to do this. We... I, which I had done it, I didn't. She had a friend who who writes is a writer helped her put together a resume. And the first place she dropped it off said, "Oh my goodness, yeah, we we want you in this program." She now teaches toddler PE. She teaches in an after school program. She's a substitute teacher for that for that uh, school, and is moving forward with what 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 can she do next, which may be working in an education program for a museum or continuing to build up more teaching time at the school. Very same thing with ageism. A lot of times that's the first thing I'm too old to start up again. I'm too old to apply for that. They're hiring all these younger kids. Just apply. You have experience and it may mean going back and picking up new skills. The desire to pick up a different sort of computer programming or a different type The ageism carries a lot of stigma and a lot of assumption that I can't learn, the old dog, new tricks thing. I can't learn a new system. You can learn a new system. If it's something you like and something you want to be working in, you will learn a new system, and it encourages the employer or the publisher or whatever to uh, utilize you because they know if something else comes up, that needs additional training, that you're more than willing to take time to do that. Reminder, this is my call-in program. It is, um, the number is 646-716-9397. Call in with questions, comments, uh, challenges. I love challenges. If I'm saying anything that I can't support or back up, uh, I shouldn't be saying it. So all of this is based on my own experience and wisdom and training, um, practical, book learning, uh, all of that. So please, if there's anything that doesn't ring true or you don't believe, uh, I welcome your call. If you're listening to this after the fact as an archived piece, then by all means, send me an email at errol.maclinden@gmail.com, at gmail.com, and I will bring your comments questions up on the next show, or I will invite you, if it's an extensive uh, new leap that you're planning to do or that you're in the midst of and you need guidance on, I'll invite you on the show to talk about that. So we've got two challenges, physical limitations, ageism, and then lack of time. Lack of time. Time is a finite quality. We seem to always need more of it, right? Right? So lack of time comes with not only the fact that, oh, I don't have but two hours on Monday. I don't have any four hours on Tuesday. With a more mature elder, the lack of time comes more into play is how many more years do I have? Will a company hire me when they don't know if I'm going to be around 20 more years? I got news for you. They're 20 year olds going into companies that don't stick around 20 years. What you have to do is move forward with an idea of being immortal. If you want to be vital and active and contributing to the world, to every day of your life, to however long that is, you have to believe you're immortal. You can't live with this finite feeling of, well, why would I get a job? I may not be here four years. I may not be here for six years. You're going to be here for the next 50 years. Reality? Probably not. But why not work as if you are going to be here? Live every day, live every day as if you are building a future you are building a legacy the the when someone says that to me that you know I don't know I'm starting late, I don't know there's there are whole things on the internet uh, JK Rowling, Oprah Winfrey, all of these people who started late in life, starting their legacy. 60 not too late. is not too late. eighty is not too late to begin a new project, a new, a new chapter. Unless you know because of a physical diagnosis, and there are even stories that definitely blow that out of the water too, you have an eternity. You have all the time in the world to do whatever you want. Design your next move as if you are immortal. If you design your next move with a finite ending in mind, oh my goodness, I'm 60, I probably only have five good years, you won't choose anything that would take more than five years. And here's the thing, the way I approach goals, the way I approach projects, I never encourage my clients to have even a five-year goal. And if you've listened to my program, you know my rants on this. Not because I don't think they're going to be around for five years, because I believe your life shifts and shuffles about every 13 weeks. That's every fourth of the year. Things shift and change. So my clients who are working on things that are Lifelong projects, lavender farms, craft uh, stores on Etsy that should be coming, will become huge with what she's doing. Uh, Filmmakers who are going to be doing film after film after film. All of these things are open ended and can go on forever. And yeah, it'd be very normal to say, Where do I want to be in five years? But what happens that first thirteen weeks when something happens that changes the direction? If you have to go and wipe out your five year plan, subconsciously you're thinking, I just failed on my five year plan. I encourage you to work opposite. And I do this for everyone. If you're twenty years old, eighteen years old, forty years old, if you come to me with a project, I want you to know sort of where you you envision it in this vague future. But I want you to work on the next actionable items what are the very next things you have to do on all the aspects of this project and all aspects of your life, for that matter, and do those tomorrow or today? And then look at what you need to do on Tuesday. What do you need to do on Wednesday? The thing is, this, this, this thing that you – this imaginary five-year goal that you had in your head that you would have told me about had we worked that way you're probably going to accomplish it in three years doing it this other way because you can change and shuffle as you go along and you are going to reach that goal earlier or a similar goal that gives you the same emotional satisfaction. So with that in mind, if you're 60 or 70 or 80 or 90, you might set a goal based on how many more years of of active functioning you have, whether it's a five-year goal, a 10-year goal, a 12-year goal, do a goal for today to move toward whatever it is you're working toward and let it build for as long as it can build, five, 10, 15, 20 years. There is nothing to say at 60 that you won't be functioning and have have a chance to build a new business or uh, write new books or Create new artwork for the next 20 years. They're very vital people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s who are working actors, working artists, working, working uh, professors, professionals. By all means, work backwards. Work with a goal for today. Do not have a, a future goal based on how long you think you're going to function. That's – that's uh, – that's – a terrible way to work, so with those three challenges met and overcome, the mobility challenge, that is something that is uh, physical limitations, there are plenty of uh, people with physical limitations doing great things. there are plenty of technology and resources. So that you can still do a, quite a bit, even if it is just sitting at a computer every day, you have access to the world. Ageism, apply for anything or go after anything you think that you would like to because what you have is experience and you're willing to get new skills if you need it, but your experience is so valuable. And then in setting a goal, set it for today. Do not limit how far in the future you think you can keep uh, 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 contributing because you don't know. So why set a limit on it? Now that all of that is put together and we've worked in our little um, self-analysis for three hours as to all the things we can do, we come to identifying the leap. And what you do with this is What on your list would surprise people if you did it? What items on your list would inspire people if you did it? What on your list would change people's lives if you did it? What on your list would leave a legacy if you did it? Think in terms of what your calling is, what your need is, your personal need and the need of the community in the world. What are things that could stir thing, stir people up? Because what you want in choosing your leap is not something that everybody goes, oh, yeah, he's working in Starbucks. Nothing wrong with Starbucks. Please, Starbucks people, don't send me letters. Um But, oh, he's working, you know, he's working, um, you know, he's staying at home and working in his yard. Those are fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But how amazing for people to say, wow, did you hear John's working on a book? He's writing a book. Or Mary opened a Netsy store and is selling her crochet work. so and so starting a lavender farm. So-and-so has started taking a film class at 60 years old. I have a good friend. He didn't make it to quite 60, but he was never happy. He's one of these guys who would write a letter every week to some restaurant or some place where someone had wronged him. He was a complainer. Um, And at, I would say, 35 or 40, which a lot of people would label old, he decided to go back to film school, something he always wanted to do. He suddenly started coming to parties. He suddenly started being happier in his life. He completed film school. He moved to Canada. He works with an animation house up there, has for the last uh, 15, 20 years, and probably will for the next 20 years, and is completely happy. But in that business, even when he said, I'm going back to film school, there was this moment of shock this awe this oh Sam wow really you, you want to do this I have a friend uh, who went back to nursing school at in his fifties because it's something he'd always wanted to do. I have a friend who went back to being a freelance writer at probably in his thirties or 40s so this isn't a sixty year old thing this is a thing of Looking and saying, what is it that you really want to do? What will surprise people? What will touch people's lives? What will change people? What will change you? Identify the one hits you the strongest. As you look down your list, something will touch you in your heart. Something will touch you deep inside. You will feel a warmth. You will feel a fire, an excitement. You can envision yourself doing that thing. Your head will start to try and play into it saying, oh, my goodness, there's so much to do to do that, or you're too old, or you don't have the physical capabilities, or they will never hire someone like that, or you don't have enough time. All of these challenges will come back, and the one item that you hear those challenges the most, that those challenges bring in the absolute most fear, that's the one you should do without a doubt you should make that your choice of the one thing you are going to do because that's your calling. That's your, the, the feeling you're feeling in your heart, that warmth, that's your heart chakra, that is your item that you will wake up every day excited to do. And what more should you want with the next 30 years of your life, 40 years, 50, however many you have, and maybe you've had that already up to this point, or but your business has has decided that it's time for you to retire, or you decided. It doesn't have to be a case of a, a, a negative thing. You might have decided I've done the travel business for twenty years, thirty years. I want to do something different. I want to take some time, be with my family, and then you get there, and it's that inactivity says I want to do something else. So. ID, identify the leap. Think outside of the box. Really, I hate that term, but no one's coming up with with anything any better. Don't just make a list of things that are safe and easy to do. Work at a coffee shop. Work at a drugstore. Volunteer at the community food bank. Not that any of those are bad, but really think outside of the Box, build a rocket ship and go to Mars. Uh, write the great American novel. Uh, become an actor. Become an artist. Plant a, uh, a community garden on a church grounds. Uh, any of these things, write in your three hours. Write down everything and write down some wild things that make you laugh. That make you. Shake your head, because somewhere in the next step, you might go back to those and say, wow, that was kind of funny to think about, but I could do that. Phone number for the program, just to remind you, 646-716-9397. Call in if you have any comments. If you are calling after the fact, after the show has gone off the air, listening to this as an archive piece, Please, you're always welcome to email me at Errol.maclinden at gmail.com. One of the things as you get into your later years that's even more magnified than in the earlier years is there's your, your life is three-dimensional. You have family. You have your spirituality. You have your finances. You have your fun. You have all of these things that come into play. So, it's very easy as you're looking at what am I going to do next to overlook those items. As an elder, it's a wonderful time to use the experience and the wisdom that you've accumulated over the years to look at all areas of your life. So if it is a case of looking primarily at what are you going to do next in terms of a job, a vocation, a hobby, make sure that you do examine All aspects of your life. And on your project list that you will develop, as far as say you're writing a book, well, my project is writing the book. Uh, I have another project of putting a web page up so people know about my book. I have another project of uh, starting a writers group so that I'm accountable to write. But on that same list, there should be some areas like I want to make sure there's time for my family. So family time can be a project that every week you look at items that need to go in that list. Finances, do you need to re-examine investments? Do you need to re-explore how you might use some of the finances that you've accumulated through your years of work? Or even more importantly, how do you utilize the finances so that you are assured of Security till your family, till your life is no longer in need of finances. Spirituality. Is there an aspect of spirituality that needs to be explored? Relationships with friends. Are you spending enough time with friends? Oftentimes, if you've retired from a formal office environment, there's a huge gap in a friendship and social aspect because you no longer are going and seeing people. Uh, every day, a lot of offices have from tr- and, and and companies, retail companies, too, have tremendous outside social events for their employees. So you're you have an automatic social life built in. So in doing this, this is a wonderful time and really more more. It's good for everybody to do this. I do this with all my clients. I keep asking about their dating life. I keep asking about because I want to make sure that as they're focused on this one track, they're not ignoring everything else. Because what happens in that event is at the end of a year, you've got this successful thing going on, but there are other areas of your life that have really gone by the wayside because you're not constantly paying attention to them. Very important as an elder in in terms of major shifts in life at this point in time, usually affect everything in your life. So take time to do that. Once you've identified the project, it's very easy. Identify the next steps. Create a daily next step. What can you do today to move forward on whatever projects you're working on? What can you do tomorrow? To-do list should never be more than like five or six items or at least whatever you can check off have the possibility of checking off in a day's time. And then it's just a matter of doing it. You're taking the leap. The the day you take that first actionable item, you do that first task toward your project. You look up a publishing company. You... Start an acting class, or call even earlier, even uh, more detailed than that, uh, more precise than that. You explore on the internet acting classes. You look up what's needed to plant a lavender farm. All of these things are tiny, tiny little steps. But if you do a tiny step on every project. Even Monday through Friday, if you keep a regular work schedule as if you were in a job, that means five items toward your projects done every week. And there's some days if, if they're very quick items or you have a lot of time, you may do three or four items toward your project. You're going to look up at the end of a week or two and be amazed at how much progress you've made. It's not unusual for a client to sit down with me and say, well, I didn't get much done last week. I'll say, well, let's go over what you did. And for the next 15 minutes, they will tell me what they did. And at the end of it, they'll usually say, wow, I didn't know I got that much done. The reason is because their tendency is look forward. I'm not much closer to this big dream of where I'm going. But when they break it down and go work opposite of that and start listing all the things they did, they realize they are that much closer to the big dream so that's that's the process that works for you so, so the one thing i can say to you now is if you are any age and you are at the point where you are stalled you are stagnant you feel like you're ready to go forward but you don't know how to do it set a date Coming up on the first of November, first of the month, it's always a good date. Can be the first month. It can be next Monday. It can be your birthday if your birthday isn't far, far away. New Year's Eve, everybody does it. Of God, things coming up. Thanksgiving, you're grateful for where you are. Wonderful time to sit down and, and spend time about what are you grateful for. What do you want to be grateful for in the new year? Find a date and time and go. So the entire process as we see it, okay, for anyone is look at your challenges. If you have physical challenges, if you feel like you're too old, not attractive enough, not educated enough, uh, let someone else decide that. And if you don't feel like you're going to have enough time, you have all the time in the world. If you get started right away, go, 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 go sit down for three hours, list all of the things you think you might want to do. Spend some time really looking at that list, finding out which one really connects to your heart. And then create your next steps every day. Find a date and time and start that next day. If it's today, spend three hours today, putting, figuring out what your next step is And make your to do list with the agreement that you are going to start tomorrow and start it tomorrow. Uh, Thank you for being a part of the show today, being with me in this space, in this time. I really appreciate everyone who listens. I am offering to anyone who would like two hours of free coaching, please give me a call. Uh, or email me, I should say, at Errol.macLinden at gmail.com. I don't do that to get new clients. Believe me, at this point in time, I cannot take any new clients, but what I can do is give you two hours of my time to help you get a structured strategy together on how to leap or survive your leap, excel in your leap. And why do I do it? I do it because Twofold, I love helping people. I love hearing your stories. I love giving guidance and helping with the direction to go on it. You also may have some talent or some expertise that would help one of my clients. And I love making introductions. So if you're interested in that, please get in touch with me. I would love to sit down and talk to you via Skype, phone, or if you're in the Chicago area, person to person. Uh, Tomorrow at 7 uh, p.m. Central Time. There's an excellent show that would be a nice compliment to this, and that is I Got the Promotion, uh, leading peers with more years of experience than you do. Uh, Brenda Baird will be on talking about this. It's very applicable to what we're talking about today because if you are hired in a company, uh, you are probably going to be led by someone much younger than you. Uh, I train doctors and uh, teach doctors and physician assistants they look so young to me. They look 12 years old. So uh, being led by those uh, and, and giving them uh, credit for expertise and wisdom. They are a supervisor. They are above you because of things that they've done correctly is, is a very important place to be. So I believe that show would be a very valuable one in, uh, of a mindset coach. Changing your mindset if you are going into one of those situations. I should say, when you go into one of those situations where you've been hired and are working for someone much younger than you are. The show itself is teaching younger people to work with older uh, peers with more experience. So it'd be a nice idea to – it'd be a good idea to listen to that if you are making your leaps now and anticipate being in an environment where you're working with students, students. (laughs) working with people younger than you are or less experienced than you are. They're still there because they've proven themselves to get to that point. So I don't know if that's what the show will cover, but it definitely is something, uh, an important message. So thank you again. Again, we've got one more, two more uh, weeks of shows. I'm on the second and fourth Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central. Um, But the shows are archived, so if you do want to get in touch with me, email me. Next show, which is the second week of November. Hopefully we'll have Brian Sly on, a person who has built a wonderful audio and video business, uh, to hear how he made the leap. Uh, and then the final show still up in the air, but if you would like to be considered as a uh, to be interviewed about your story about your leap, or want to come on and, and have some live on the air coaching through your leap, I would love to have you all just get in touch with me. So have a wonderful week. I'd be remiss if I didn't say go Cubbies. And uh, enjoy the fall weather, and I will see you in a few weeks. Take care. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky?